We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome back to One on One. I am your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with my brother, Jeff Allen, and we are bringing you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Tough, tough game on Sunday. Incredible game to watch if you're a yeah. fan of football. Regardless of who you were rooting for, this was a this was this was football at its finest. Um, so we're going to get into all that, Big Jeff. But th- two things before we do. First off, Cookie Society, Big Jeff. We're in October. Yes, sir. Still got remind me of the cookies this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The feature flavors this month. We we have Twix, pumpkin doodle, mm. peanut butter cup, and maple pop tart. All fun fall flavors. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, we're about halfway through this month, so you got you got a little bit of time to still get those orders in. Yeah. Get the merch. So you cook yeah, by Wednesday, shirts. right? By Wednesday. By Wednesday, get those orders in, and, and yeah, yeah, it's a good month. How's the uh, pumpkin doodle? That's that's actually my favorite one. Oh, I'm not a huge no, pumpkin good. pumpkin fan, like I said. It's cultural. But but the pumpkin doodle is my absolute favorite this month. It's, it's yeah, charts. Go check them out. Cookiesociety.com. Always grateful for our sponsor, Big Jeff. Yeah. Now. Um, Another thing going on as yeah. we speak, streaming on Amazon Prime, we got Life After Episode Five. Jeff, is that Ep- the episode? Episode Five features me and my family, and we talk about my life after football and and what I'm doing now with Cookie Society and all those good things. This is a special um, show. I think um, it's needed. Uh, Thomas Jones, a former NFL player, played running back for a long time. I know him for playing with the Bears. He also played with the Chiefs at a time. Um, he put this thing together and it's just about transitioning post football. It's one of the hardest things. We all have to go through it. We all experience similar things and we all have to, all have to find a passion post football to kind of give us that same feeling. And I think he did a good job of, you know, telling our stories. There, there's eight episodes. It features 12 guys, guys like the Demarcus Ware, um, Justin Forsett, Spice Adams, just a host of guys myself. Um, check it out, man. It's it's a really good, a really good, um, really good show. Life after. I'm I am really excited to watch that. So many guys do so many different things. And I think what I was just thinking, I took notes. We should circle back to this on the bye week. Yeah. And discuss the series, discuss your stuff, talk about that. I think that'd be a really interesting episode. So 
just a note moving forward during the bye week, we'll, we'll circle back and revisit that episode and, and talk about life after football because that's that's great stuff. And, you know, Thomas Jones, I played with Thomas uh, yeah. with the Jets. Did I ever tell you my Thomas Jones story? No, I never heard his story. Let me hear it right now. No. Man, Eric Mangini was a coach like 2008, I think, was the, was the year. And so I'm still a young guy in the league. This is only my second year in the league. And Eric Mangini's a coach, and we're on defense. And I don't know, I don't remember if we were having fumbling issues on offense or whatever, but I'm on the scout team going against the one offense. And Mangini says, Look, make sure you're stripping at that football. And they run through. I don't care. I want you ripping at that football because they're giving it up. They got to hold on to it. So, okay, we got it. I'm on D line. I'm doing it. So Thomas Jones runs through, and I go and grab the football and go to strip it. And he turns around and punches me now we had spiders on we were it was in spiders it wasn't in he punches me so hard right in the i'm talking bam like get the off me (laughs) i was uh, you know i'm like i'm like this like wide-eyed rookie like i mean jeff when i tell you he this was like such a hard hit I was like, man, and, you know, I'm I'm taking the hits from offensive linemen all day. That was nothing. This punch square to the square to the whatever's right there, man. Right between like, the sternum. Damn, man. You I see that guy's arms, man. He has those big ass arms. Oh, always sure. lifting. And, uh, I love TJ. I remember going up to him after, like, bro, I'm so sorry, man. So, so, I'm like, I'm, I'll deal with Mangini. I ain't doing that again. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so, learn, lessons learned in the uh, being a young guy in the NFL. But, um, Jeez, tell our guys to bleep that out. I didn't mean to swear, but it was just getting it. Uh, maybe <laughs> it's just making the point. I mean, it was just, I was like, whoa, I can't believe this happened. But okay, brother. Uh, so check that out. Amazon Prime, Life After, Big Jeff, Episode 5. And again, we'll go back to that during the bio. We can talk about that some more. Yes, sir. Jeff, my brother, the Bills, we lost in one of the finest football games I've seen in a while. I mean, you and I have talked about how the sort of quality of football seems to be up and down and up and down. This was football at its best. Um, any sort of general observations, general feelings after, you know, watching that game Sunday? Well, it, the game went the way I thought it would go. It was yeah. going to be – I thought it would be a little bit lower scoring just because, I mean, that's just the way these things go. We always predict a high score, but, you know, with the, we were predicting maybe an AFC divisional game like we saw last year, but that, that, that wasn't going to happen in my opinion. Yeah. But we got to see two really good football teams face one another, two good offenses, two good defenses – um, and, and we saw a battle. Um, this isn't going to be the last time we play Buffalo. I said it last week that this would be one of those games that have consequences down the road. I think um, now we're two games back with the number one seed, and Buffalo looks like they're probably going to get that. And they mm. do look like the best team in football. Um, mm. I think we're highly competitive. I think we did a really good, th- really good job in certain areas, but there's some things that we can clean up, and we're only going to get better from it. Um, right. Talk about the young rookies playing defensive back. I mean, yeah. They, they, yeah. Were test- they were tested. They were tested, and they only gave up 24 points. I, I do want to get to that, but I, I want to stay big picture for a second, Jeff, because I remember all the times that we played. So when I was in New York, the coaches had this sort of breakdown. I think I've talked about it before, this formula of different statistics that go into a win. If you win these certain stats, you're going to win the game. And – there were a few that were incredibly important when you were playing teams that had Tom Brady in his prime, Peyton Manning in his prime, teams that were so good that you couldn't make a mistake, right? If you had to play even to have a chance, you couldn't give them anything. And 
this was one of those games. Now, Kansas City is one of those teams, too, so obviously have two Titans. But I, I want to lay out, and I know our guys have done it, but I want to – let me tell you these stats, Jeff. So look at how even this game was played. Um, so obviously 24 to 20 Buffalo. Buffalo, 443 total yards to Kansas City's 387, basically even. Passing yards, Buffalo 318, Kansas City 319. Rushing yards, 125, Buffalo 68, Kansas City, a little bit better there. But still, 30 or 40 of those were Allen, yeah. so it's a little bit more even. 6.2 yards per play for Buffalo, 6.3 for Kansas City. Third down efficiency, 4-11 and 11 for both teams. First downs, 26 to 23, Buffalo. I mean, this was right down the middle. So I go back to that sort of report that we used to get in New York all the time when we're playing these teams. And we harped on it all last week. I mean, KCSN did. You heard everybody talking about the turnover battle. If Buffalo was one plus one, they're winning, right? That, yeah. That's just the step. They're winning. They were plus one. Obviously, that's a major tell. But one thing that's even more – this is just across the board, not specific to Buffalo, but just any good teams – I remember Rex Ryan saying this, saying if we win these two things, we will win the game. The, the percentages are super high 90s. One of them was a turnover battle, and it only needed to be plus one, and rushing attempts and completions. If you won the sum total of those two things, so if you had more rushing attempts and completions than the other team, you were going to win. So we look at that stat board, that bar we just said down the line, plus one with the turnovers – and Buffalo was 58 to Kansas City's 43 rushing attempts to completions. That's how minuscule the difference is, right? I mean, that, that's one of those stats that if you want to go sort of mining into, okay, where are the, the little things that, you know, played into this, Buffalo won that. So when you take the plus one and the rushing attempts and completions on Buffalo's side, that's going to, you know, that's going to play out. That plays out high win percentage in their favor just from statistics from previous games. Two other things that I thought were were really important to take care of: the touchdown before the half. You, I know, you, I know, we go, I know, we answer back with the quick field goal. Yeah. You can't let the two minute drive go down and score before that. Yeah, whatever it is before the half, you can, you do not want to give up a touchdown going into halftime. So even with the quick turnaround field goal, that two minute drive that Buffalo had at the end, I thought that was killer. Obviously, the interceptions, that's obvious. The missed field goal, that's another thing. You have, to, you know. Two-minute drills and making the kicks. You have to make the kicks. Um, and so, I mean, but we're talking one missed field goal, a, a one turnover, and a few rushing camps and completions uh, in favor in of Buffalo, and there's 24 to 20. I mean, this I mean, is when you're playing good teams. That's what you got to yeah, do. The, the margin for error is very thin in the NFL in general, but when you play a really good team, it gets even smaller. It, it's razor thin. I think um, – from a, from certain situations on the defensive side of the ball, I think we could do, even though we did a really good job overall, when you look at the overall score, um, when you look at the stat sheet defensively, we did a good job. There were situations where we could have won that game defensively. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you, you spoke to, giving up that touchdown right before half, we are doing a really good job of um, containing Allen, uh, forcing them into some incompletions, making them unsettled, and, and that was by blitzing. But there are certain times where you don't need to blitz out in the open field Right. You're in a two-minute situation, and I, I hate to give um, Spags crap, but, like, you just got to call it how you see it. Um, he right. did a wonderful job that game, but there were certain situations where you just got to make a different call. Right. And, and, and the same goes offensively. There's certain situations where we have to make different calls. We have to run the ball a little bit more.
Right, right. We have to use that big offensive line that we have. They're physically imposing. Those guys are built to road grade and run the ball. That's their strength. Right. And we're not utilizing it um, the way that we should. And I know traditionally this is an Andy Reid's offense, but but in certain situations, when you're playing a really good football team, give a dog a bone. And we got some mm. dogs up front. So, um, right. like I said, get, I hate to give people crap, but, like, that's how I saw this game play out. I, I think situationally we needed to do a better job and we would have won that game. That's, when the, that's where the plays were made. Look, I'll tell you from a defensive line perspective, you, you're going, you know, we talked about the rush, Buffalo's rush. Andy Reid talked about how good the defensive lines they've been playing. Four things, hopefully I can remember them, four things that will slow down a pass rush. One, a successful run game, mm-hmm. running the football consistently. If you, if, it's, if you know you can tee off, I can get a damn pass rush. If I know you're going to pass the ball all the time, I can get a freaking pass rush. You got to run the football, screens, traps, hard counts. Those things, I mean, if you want to solidify hard, you're at home, hard count the hell out of them, screens, trap plays, and running the football. You you do those four things, even not, it doesn't have to be a ton, but enough that you have those four things going. You, you're going to slow that because each one of those things slows you down a little bit up front. Yeah, it physically takes us away from you. It's like a, um, I don't know if you play fighting games growing up and you see that health bar. When yeah. you're running the ball and you're being physical, it gives you an opportunity mm-hmm. to take away some of that life from you. And, and I think we need to be able to do that because we have some dogs up front. And I know it sounds like the sky is falling, Chiefs Kingdom. It's not. <laughs> no, we, play, no. we played a really good football team. Um that's going to be, you know, down the road, we're going to see them again. And I think we're going to be much better off for it. Um, we just lost the football game. And I'm right. not discouraged by it. In fact, I, I think we're going to learn more from this loss than we would have probably a win. And, and the young guys getting losing some, some matchups and all those things, they're going to be able to adjust later down the road. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of our sponsors here, and that is Liquid Death. Look, you might be in a meeting you might be at work, you might be sitting at your desk, and you might see one of your coworkers start to crack open a 9 a.m., crack open a tall boy. You're thinking, what in the world is going on here? I love company culture, but I don't know if that's really a part of it. But then you look over, you start to look a little bit more closely. It's wide. It's got a gold little rim. That's not, that's not beer. It's actually a new mountain spring water brand called Liquid Death. And if you guys have been listening to KC Sports Network, you know why is it called Liquid Death? Because it brutally murders your thirst. That is right. It will quench that sucker. And not only is it brutally murdering your thirst, it is brutally murdering plastic pollution. They're infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, they're incredible. They recycle them and they, they can use those over and over Unlike plastic bottles where there's plastic pollution uh, everywhere. I hate plastic pollution. You hate plastic pollution. It is, it is our common enemy here in Chiefs Kingdom uh, is plastic pollution and the bills. So when you're looking at this, they also donate 10% of their profits of every can sold to, to help end plastic pollution. So not only are you drinking good water, you're also giving a little bit to a good cause as well. And listen, I love Liquid Death. Can't keep it in the house no matter what kind it is. If it's the still water, if it's the sparkling water, or the three flavors that they have, the berry, the mango, the lime, all three are excellent. Trust me, I know my sparkling water, I know my seltzers, 
They're incredible. I do love those so very much. And if you're looking to get your hands on some, you can find it at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. You can also find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right, picture this. Harrison Bucker lining up for an onside kick. Chiefs just down two points. They need the onside kick. Get the ball back. Can drive down, get in field goal range. Harrison Bucker can hit another field goal. Win the game with just seconds left. The chances of regaining possession, you guys know. Nobody gets an onside kick in the NFL. The chances are slim. The stakes are high. The tension's higher. Your pulse is racing. Heart's beating out of your chest. He kicks the ball. You get that feeling. You get that, get that nervous feeling and you get to watch the ball land. And you can make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Man, I'm telling you, they do have some unbeatable offers. Right now, here's what you can do. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if their team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with Draft, DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I am really enjoying the stepped up same game parlays when I parlay some uh, yardage props, you know, whether it's the receiving yardage, whether it's the passing yardage with Patrick Mahomes. I've been dabbling in the head to head passing yardage uh, categories. Usually you take Patrick Mahomes against anybody. He's going to beat him. So I've really enjoyed doing those props that DraftKings has, and they've got some really fun ones that you can kind of piece together for these same game parlays with total points, touchdown scores, all kinds of stuff that you can put together to make watching the game just a little bit more fun and to make things even sweeter. You can throw down on these stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Here's what you got to do. You got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, all you got to do is place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code KCSN. Remember that code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now let's get back to today's show. That's exactly right. That the the again the silver lining. We talked about it with the indie game. It's it's going to talk about it now here. Losing forces you to focus. Yep. Right, the little things don't no longer get swept under the rug. Um, so when you have these losses, you're going to start. You know, everything gets evaluated a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Right, things are. Uh, Things are, you know, done more precisely. I mean, there's just more fine tunings. If all the, the eyes that are paying attention to the things that are important are really paying attention when you lose, yep. right? You don't just say, you know, when you won for everybody, it's easy to say, okay, we'll move on. I mean, I've talked about the 2013 year. I think this was one of the things that hurt us was we went nine in a row and then playoffs. we had trouble finishing the season. I think one of them was we just sort of, you start to it's, you get used to, you get, you get used to winning, and and we right. haven't seen. I know early in the year we had some adversity, but the right. back half of it, we were winning some games, and there wasn't much adversity. We just were playing really good football, right? And sometimes when you don't face adversity for a while, you can get caught off guard, right? No, that's it. No, that's exactly right. So again, silver lining. When I get when I get done with this game, as much as I want to win, um, I'm looking at it as a former player. You know, you do think about. Even though what are we, we're still 10 weeks away, 11 weeks away from any sort of yeah. playoff. Um, so a lot of stuff can happen before then. But, but, but I you will do think. Yeah, I will say what we need to see, though, which is kind of 
worrying me as an offensive lineman is we need to protect Pat a little bit better, mm. particularly on the edge. Um, the last few matchups against me, and there have been some big-time edge rushers, don't get me wrong, but we've had some trouble. When a guy has a premier pass rusher, we've had some trouble on both sides. And I think um, game plan-wise, maybe, you know, and I've seen some chips here and there, but maybe we focus a little bit more on helping those tackles. What, from your perspective, so you're playing left guard. When I was there, you're at left guard. Yeah. Um, so you got left out. So you got Orlando Brown outside of you. We've, we've heard some of the criticism. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, you know better than I do. I don't think he's bad by any no, means. No, no. Uh, but uh, say he, so he's struggling a little bit. What are you thinking at, at that guard position when you know you have a guy on your edge that is having a tough time? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I was into you, your yeah, de definitely. If I know if I got a guy next to me who's in a slump or something like that, mm -hmm. I'm definitely there with some inside presence. Um, mm -hmm. Orlando Brown's situation isn't necessarily struggling with, with inside counter moves. It's been oh, it's been all speed, all all speed, get up the field, bend the corner type of yeah. pass yeah. rushers that have been giving him trouble. And honestly, I think he's he's hurt. I don't know. He yeah. doesn't look he doesn't look like he's moving as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's just been dealing with some speed stuff on the outside that, and, and it's all about getting out your stance and getting to your spot mm. and, and playing with good technique. No one's going to run that guy over. He's a, he's a huge human being. No, you no, don't no. have to worry about the bull rush. So the, the plan of attack with him is, is going to be the rest of the year. And always has been is try to beat him off the ball, beat him with speed, get around that right. corner. Um, and, and on the opposite side, while he's um, hadn't, hadn't been as he's been getting beat inside. He yeah. not, it hadn't been the issue with getting beat outside, you know, up the field. It's been, counter up the field tricky with speed and go underneath mm. um so and and he has to understand that he's been getting a lot more chips than orlando's been getting they've been getting a lot more help and when you get a lot of chips you're going to get a lot of inside moves mm -hmm. so he has to be more aware that you got the back to your side the defense man can see that set up with a little bit more patience don't jump out there because they're going to end up going inside to avoid that chip mm. you mentioned the chip is there anything schematically protection rise outside of the chip that you do to help yeah. the guys on the edges. So yeah, definitely. You leave a tight end in line, um, mm -hmm. you know, make that guy go to a wide nine or something. The tight end gives a little bit of presence. Um, slide protection. I mean, completely without any abandon, tell the tackle to go get him because you got the inside guards help and right. kind of bake that guy inside knowing you're going to create a double team and that sort. Um, there's, there's so many different things that you can do. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, press the panic button too much, but that's something, no, no. that's something I've seen with, with some really good rushers we, we face. We've had some troubles with them, and, and I don't think it's going to stop. We got we got another one coming up here in San Francisco. I don't know. Is, is, is Bosa healthy? I I'm saw not, a thing that I'm said not, he might be back. Yeah, I think he might be back. So he he's one of the best, and that, that's a tough matchup. Yeah, he's going to be all piss and vinegar, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so before we move on, though, uh, you did talk about the young guys in the secondary. This is something everybody's brought up all week. And there are a number of silver linings here. First off, there's a ton of confidence. When you can go up against Allen and that crew and do what they did, um, obviously things to clean up. But, you know, you can, you can you know, both confidence for those players and the coaches to say, hey, we can roll if guys get hurt. You know, yeah. these guys showed up in, on the biggest stage against the biggest team, and, and, and they – they handle themselves fine. And so now you have this sort of influx of guys coming back, at least Willie Gay and then um, yeah, Thornhill. I'm trying Thorn to remember. Thornhill's back here. Um, um, McDuffie. McDuffie. Player. Sorry, I get that. He's, he's, he might be back. Um, I don't know. Fenton, I don't know how long he's out. Uh, that's um, right. But maybe he's back. Couple, 
that's tough when you have those those are i mean skill positions you know at a, at a defensive line we could have our all pro guy go down and i can fill in yeah. and while i can't do what he can do i can still you know be a stopgap for i mean you, yeah. you're not gonna you don't have this major there's not uh, as big of a gap right back there that's that's hard. That's hard. And so there, there's a few positions that you can't you can't hide a quarterback. Obviously, you yeah. manage it. You can't hide it at either tackle spot. There's right. no hiding there. It, that's a tough position. And you can't hide in defensive backfield. Right. <laughs> especially no, especially corner. Those positions right. are positions where that's why they invest so much money in them. Because right. they're really hard jobs. There's not many people that can do it at a high level. And when you're getting backups in there and guys who don't have much experience, they're gonna get exposed. The second a quarterback knows he's going against a backup, he's going to target him. He's going to go after him. That's why the rookie got so many targets toward him, and he's going to continue to see him while he's in there because so far he's shown that he can give up some big plays. So he's going to right. be that. Don't be the guy. That's all, that's all you hear in the yeah, meeting. Don't be the guy because everybody's watching that film, and when you're the guy, they're going to try to pick on you. Right, right. No, no, that's good. But I thought those guys did a great job and obviously holding that team to 24 points, a lot of confidence for everybody moving forward. Um, I heard, I saw some criticism about the pass rush a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I have to go back and fine tooth comb it and look at the film. What I do remember from a defensive line, you know, from the point of view of a defensive lineman, especially in a blitz happy defense. And I don't know what the percentages were for blitzes for this game, but we know Spags likes the blitz. Yeah. When you're blitzing, especially, if the, you know, wherever the blitzes are coming from, those guys now who normally, you know, on a, on a regular four-man rush have two-way goes and a lot more room to work, when you have a, a call blitz, now things are much more structured. There's yeah. not as much freedom in what you can do, right? So if we run the sort of a lot – like I remember Rex Ryan used to love running simulated blitzes, right? So he would only bring four but make it look like a blitz. But what it did was you, you had to move everybody up front, right? So you'd move away from where the blitz is coming. So – Three tech would jam, end would jam, backside three tech would pop out, and the end would drop. Now yeah. you you know there's only so much you can do jamming inside. I mean there's there's it's not like you have this two way go where you can work it where it's just a straight four man. And we call yeah. it fire. We call that fire zone. Um, and right. when you're running that fire zone, usually the offensive tackle they know that defensive end is dropping, and right. they're coming back to help inside. Uh -huh. Yeah. So there's not there's not much room to get there, and they they did a decent job on blitzes getting home. And defensively, we can sometimes forget, you know, personnel, not the defensive side of the ball, but who we're facing. Josh yeah. Allen's a hell of a dual threat. And I know <laughs> going into that week, they're like, hey, Carl Oftis, Clark, rush lanes, make sure you yeah. contain this guy. I know you want to get to him, but what's most important is not, you know, getting caught inside and letting him flush out. Because that's oh, when exactly. That's when he does his best work. It's just like when you play Pat. Teams aren't going right. to give you an all-out just reckless abandon game plan of like doing whatever you want to do, freestyling as defensive end. These guys are going to contain. And when they can get to them, they'll get there. But their primary job is to keep them in the pocket. And, and that, that that was the objective. That was the objective. And right. And you'd give up the one or two sacks, yeah. you know, in favor of the, uh, you know, stopping him from running out of there. And not only that, Josh Allen gets a taste of success doing that, and now mm -hmm. he's always looking to do that. You yep. know, now he knows that's an option, and it just you know you have this this snowball effect. So I wasn't, yeah. Again, just looking at the big picture, we talked about the little nuances. Get just getting done. It's like 
yeah, this sucks. Um, and you hope it doesn't bite us in the butt later on. But I'm still like, I'm not going into this week killing myself like we no. lost to Indianapolis. It's like, all right, regroup. You know, well, let's go. Well, this, this one isn't as bad, but the, the Indy one was like, uh, we let that one go. This one was like, I knew there was a possibility we could lose. I felt exactly. like, I, I felt like heading into this matchup, Buffalo looked like the best team in football and they just went out and proved it. That doesn't mean they're going to be the best team, you know, in, in January. And we're right. banking on getting better. And we're a new team, got a lot of young guys. They got a, you know, a team that's been together for a little bit. So we'll, right. we'll be ready. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they do have they do have some some similar faces, and that uh, that definitely pays dividends, especially in the playoffs, which we'll talk about when we get there. Big Jeff, 49ers, anything, any notes, anything we got to worry about? I mean, I was just talking about Bosa. No, I mean, they're a good team. They, they've always been physical. You know what Shanahan likes to do. They're going to come in and pound the rock. Defensively, they um, up until last week, they've been playing spectacular. I mean, they have the number one defense, or they had the number one defense, I don't know where they are statistically now, but they have a hell of a pass rush, um, decent secondary. You know that front seven, Warner, linebacker, they do some good things. So we're going to have to come out offensively and play really well. On the defensive side of the ball, we got to get ready for, you know, that running game. Um, mm. Debo Samuels coming in. Coming in. Um, it, it's going to be a competitive football team. I, I think we're going to win the game. I know we're going to win the game, but we can't get caught sleeping. Right. No, that's exactly right. Can't get, and and like, again, another silver lining of losing a game is it's it's uh, a lot of people get caught sleeping. They're going to be all all up full time, ready to go. Right, and it's on the road too. It's nice to get out. It's on the road, right? I think. I yeah, it's, it's on. It's on the road. road. It's yeah, on the road. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Javarius Ward. I saw his tweet about um, not letting Chiefs fans into the stadium. So <laughs> <laughs> he's on. He's on the. He's on the other side now. He's actually. Mm. Uh, my cousin. I found that out later. Oh, oh that's right. I found, that's that out right. Later. I found that out later in my career. So I'm going <laughs> to give him a little bit of crap. Yeah, man. Oh. All right, Big Jeff. We bounce back. We come back here next week to talk about a W and continue to move through the season. Chiefs Kingdom, we love you. Thank you for checking in. We'll see you again next week. Big Jeff, love you, brother. Go Chiefs. Beat the Niners. <laughs>